0: Warning to all vegetarians, this episode of Live from the Dutch Hall will involve eating a lot of animal carcasses, uh, gnawing our teeth through delicious flesh of, of uh, bovine nature, and uh, we have a, we're lucky enough to have the VG boys to help us do it, so let's just do this fucking thing. I said the F word eh I was going to keep this one clean for you boys (laughs) too late (laughs) cheers everyone let's do it cheers cheers Welcome to Life in the Dutch Hall, I'm your host uh, with the most, Pete Van Dyke, the two-time President's Club Award winner, as you can see up there, boy. And uh, today we have uh, we have the VG Boys down from Life in the Dutch Hall, and we're very happy to have them. Uh, welcome everyone. Oh, shit, it's so loud. There we go, that's better. So today, uh, today we we're lucky enough to have our only sponsor, only real sponsor, really, because we have uh, Amazon.com. And, um, Amazon.com will let anyone sponsor them or like anyone have them as a sponsor. So they don't really count. And we've actually had, we had VG meets come on board a few months ago now, ACA, September, September oh, yeah. uh, to help sponsor us. And they were actually a real organization, a real company that, that, of, uh, that that I really liked and believed in, and even though they don't make me any money at all, they still they, they still were nice enough to tell me that they thought enough of the show to actually sponsor me. So we always had talked about having the VG Boys in to talk about uh, talk about the food industry and beef, and and so today we were lucky enough to have them come in and do it. And um, we so I'll, I'll introduce the table. First of all, we have three of the four VG brothers in today. Uh, we have, first of all, right in front of me We have uh, Kyle Van Gron Or sorry, uh, uh, Chad Van Groningen <laughs> Chad Van Gronegan, and Right in front of me, thanks for coming in, Chad Wait, there you go there you go. That's it. You got anything to say for yourself? Excuse me. <laughs> and beside him, we have a super fan of uh, pretty, pretty much one of the biggest super fans I have, eh, Kyle? Yeah. Ben, how long have you been listening to the show for?
1: Bushy talked about it when we were coaching together in, uh, I'd say, January of last year. So oh,
0: so right nice. from the beginning. Yeah. yeah, right from the beginning. So Kyle's been uh, involved with uh, been involved with the show since right from the beginning and uh, listening. We one of my super fans. Hey, have you been listener of the week before? You have been week once. thirty.
1: I've got it marked. Oh, you do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, here it is. Listener of the week from week thirty. Uh, Kyle Van Ground again. Thanks for coming, in, Kyle. It's
1: to be here, Pete.
0: And then next to uh, next to Kyle, we have uh, the youngest brother. Uh, Kevin Van Groningen. Kevin, thanks for coming in. And Kevin, what's your what's your role? With, you're the more the marketing guy, right? No, no, that'd be, you're the—that'd be my wife, actually. Your wife's the marketing person. So you're the—are you? You're what are you, what's your? I'm role?
2: kind of the cleanup hitter, you know. Any anything that uh, these guys. Uh, but he
0: is marketing. Are you? Is he, is he not marketing? Oh, his wife's working on He's it. He's a so geek. Like, yeah. Don't you go around selling food to to the restaurants and stuff like that? Cause that's marketing. I mean,
2: I mean, we're all owners, so we all gotta sell stuff, right? I mean, that's how the uh, so the business keeps going on. He's Anyways, a, he's a science guy. Yeah.
0: The, 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 is he the smart one?
1: I no. If I you guys know. were the Beatles, no, if you doubt. guys were without the,
0: because you have four brothers, right? Yeah. So you're like the four Beatles, right? That's the way I look at it. You have a Corey, Kevin, Kyle, and Chad, right? Yeah. Four brothers. Who's Ringo?
1: That's Kevin for sure.
0: Ringo's Kevin. Oh, yeah. I would have said Ringo's. Oh, who's the odd one? So which one are you then?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: You'd be. Uh, I'd say. Um, what about you then, Chad? You're George. Chad's I George. George. Yeah, yeah. yeah the... He was kind
3: of the cool one, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the quiet one, right? The quiet. Yeah, that's Chad. <laughs> Is that Chad? No, that's Chad for sure. And then so you would probably have to be Paul or John. I'd go Paul. No. no. I go John for you, and then Paul for Corey, because <laughs> because uh, Corey uh, is the guy not here, so he hasn't not here to defend himself, so we can say whatever we want about Corey. That's right. right. Oh yeah. yeah, it's fair game. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Corey would be then the one that's probably um, the most probably intellectually invested into the, or is he like more like what's how would you describe your brother Corey?
2: He talks a lot. <laughs> He's a politician.
0: Right, same with Paul. Then he'd be the Paul, right? (laughs) (laughs) But you would have to punch someone in the face to be John, though. Like, would you you have it in you to do it? Oh yeah, no problems. If you boys are growing up, if you you guys are boys are growing up, and how how much difference between the youngest and the oldest in the the four? Seven years. Seven years. So you would not probably gotten too many fisticuffs with your oldest brother, then, right, Kevin? Like, seven years difference. You probably. No,
2: I could take him though. (laughs)
0: <laughs> now you could, right? <laughs>
2: yeah. I,
3: th- I think your beard getting away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but as kids, you would have fought Corey the most, then, right, Chad?
3: uh No, probably Kyle.
0: Kyle, or is it? Are you third?
1: Second. I'm
0: third. You're third. You would fight your oldest. Are you? And uh, you would fight your oldest brother the most. Well, how old? Many difference. How many years difference between you and your oldest? Six. Six years different.
1: We're year difference, and we're five between me and Chad. And you
0: guys are your difference. So then it was two batches of kids, right? Yeah. Well, it was the same as my two family. Two batches, yeah. 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 Two, two we had the big kids and the little kids. We had, like, two, two, two groups where we were, like, a year and a half apart. And then, like, me and my older sister were a year and a half apart. And then there was three years. And then there was me and my younger brother. Or me and or my younger brother and my younger sister were a year and a half apart. So we were the big kids and the little kids. So we didn't have uh, much to... Like, you didn't have... I always say I didn't have much to do with my youngest sister because, like we were there was the older kids that hung out together, and then there was the brothers and then the sisters but then me and the younger sister we didn't do we didn't have any reason to yeah, yeah. to interact so you thing. guys were four boys yep. but th- so that you would think that you two would have like you and your old the older two would have probably clashed more just being similar in age, and then the younger two would have probably been more like
1: yeah we have our we have our differently uh our Our battle's me and Kev, for sure, coming off the bus.
0: <laughs> but as adults, then now it's now it's an even playing field. Now you just go after Corey, right? Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
3: He's getting old and weak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, the reason, one of the reasons I had you guys in here today was was to thank you for uh, always supporting the show, which is uh, which we really do appreciate here at Life in Dutch Hall. But the other reason was because uh, I always want I want to talk with the food industry with you because I think that it's a huge it's a huge um, uh, issue that we're not really that isn't really looked at in the way that probably i think that there, the more education the more light we shine on the issue the more time people can have information to know what they're eating putting in their body the more they're going to be able to um improve the way that we live you know because right right now i think that we have a lot of problems with our food system and the way that people eat food and and blah blah blah, right so that's why I wanted to have you in here and so what you guys did was which was very nice was you brought in a whole bunch of steaks for us all to taste and uh prepared them for us like what you guys don't realize is that before we hit record we were um enjoying a number of beverages and and some delicious steaks we had like how many five different steaks five brought. different steaks yeah. yeah five different steaks brought in and uh they were all pre- prepared uh The same by our chefs from VG's. And then uh, they were uh, delivered on platters, and we were able to then um, take them and eat each one and rate them based on a certain number of criteria, right? That's right, yeah. And uh, these criteria uh, range from resistance, which can you explain what resistance is then, Kev?
2: So resistance and fragmentation are two measurements of tenderness. Right. And so really tenderness actually has about... uh, you know, when you really want to get technical about it, there's probably about five different versions of tenderness. But, uh, I mean, there is the very general category of tenderness, which is, when it comes to the consumer, the or the person eating the steak, it's the most important uh, eating attribute when it comes to beef.
0: Tenderness versus uh, the beef flavor?
2: Everything else, absolutely. Yeah. Really?
0: Tenderness, yeah. eh? Tenderness. So how look
2: at, look at tenderloin, for example. Right, right. It's always reliably tender, And still somehow it's the, uh, you know, it's the highest premium. So let me finish that. So it's always reliably tender, and it's known by meat scientists to be the least flavorful.
0: Is that right? But just the tenderness is what gets them. The
2: tenderness is what creates premium, yeah.
0: So when we had those five steaks, can you tell us what they were now that I've eaten them and graded them?
2: Absolutely. So the first steak was uh, a flat iron, which is pretty rare. Like, Like most folks don't know of what a know of a flat iron you know the, the steaks that most folks know about is uh new york strip uh ribeye tenderloin i mean what else sirloin sirloin yeah. yeah those are the four sort of best known steaks mm-hmm. and so so right so the second steak was a tenderloin third steak was again a rare a rare steak that folks don't know that much about which is a skirt steak the fourth one was a bone-in new York new york strip steak 60 days age 60 days age 60 days yeah and then the fifth steak was a tomahawk. That was aged for how long?
1: No, that was a. That's right. That was a tomahawk in uh, 21 days. 21
0: days. What's a tomahawk?
1: Basically, a bone-in rib steak. It's a just really thick cut piece.
0: Right, right. And with it's there
1: with a, a big bone. With a rib bone, French. Rib, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, fr- yeah, 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 I saw yeah. That
1: Could look pretty. I should like that one, but
0: that's my least favorite. That was yeah. That's what I mean. It was surprising because if you would just tell me on paper. This is what this is what you have like you just described like you did right now i would choose what i like the best and it would not be what i like the best mm-hmm. and what
2: did you like the best be
0: number three number three which was the uh skirt steak. The skirt steak which is a cheap cut of meat isn't it yeah, it is yeah for sure so for me like i mean this is important uh because um with butcher shops like when when you're you guys are run run butcher shops right yeah. and when you think of it historically. When you run a butcher shop, the idea, like if you think about who would visit a butcher shop traditionally, um, it would have been the immigrants, and it would have been the people who were probably the more, the less affluent people, who would go to the butcher shop and get the cuts of meat they wanted, mm-hmm. get the off cuts, That's get right. the cheaper cuts of meat, get the tongues and the soup bones, and you know what I mean. Yep. Like those would be the people that go in the butcher shop. And nowadays, it seems like the butcher shops are only for the people, the affluent, the people that uh, you know, like that 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 can afford to go to the butcher shop and buy the good quality meats versus buying the grocery store pieces of crap that they have. And uh, it's all of a sudden, tongues, which used to be thrown away, are now like f- fifteen bucks for a tongue. Right? Is that yeah. right? Yeah, how, for sure. Like, when did that all happen? Like, how did it become where the, the meat? Like that's the one question I want to know. Like, how did a tongue, all of a sudden, become the uh, worth 15 bucks?
2: Well, I think it's that uh, for one, it's it's um, there is a bit of uh, a fad, you know, scenario that we deal with in in our industry, and it is a matter of supply and demand, right? Where where the food. The Food Network can make something really yeah yeah quite uh, sensational. Also, they do
0: a special on tongue tacos yeah. and yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then, And then
2: we have 10 customers showing up looking for uh, the tongue tacos that uh, the butcher sells. right? Food and so, drink. Food yeah. and drink at the LCBO.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then they feature something that was with skirt steak. Oh, really? They brought, they featured a skirt steak in the LCBO, and then all of a sudden you have droves of people coming in wanting
2: skirt steak.
0: Is that right, dude? Yeah, Is that-
2: and, you, and you can ask a customer, like, you know, where are you getting this piece of information from? What is it that draws you to skirt steak? And they'll, yeah, I saw it in the magazine. I saw it in the food and drink.
0: Is that right? Yeah. So is there a cut of meat that's like maybe not as popular as it once was? Like it just doesn't have the, uh, uh, and then now it's cheap and you can't get rid of it? Or like what? what is What is it like, In a, a, as far as a cow goes, like oh. what now would you find the hardest part part to get rid of? The piece of the cow.
3: Ground beef. Yeah, ground beefs like the uh, yeah, believe it or not, is the hardest to move. Well, there's the most of it on the animal, right?
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, but if you but ground beef is usually cut up pieces of meat that no one wants, like a shank, let's say, like a, yeah. a a shank, it would be a cheap cut of meat, and a lot of people would just grind that up into ground beef. But mm-hmm. it's a we're Hungarian, like we. My mother's Hungarian, my wife's Hungarian, my mother-in-law's Hungarian. Like shank is beef paprikash, like it's. uh that's one of the most delicious things you're ever gonna have, right? Yeah, it is. But uh, so, like, but uh, most of the time, that'd be put into ground beef. Like, I think that the offcuts of meat are being forgotten a lot of times. You know, sure, sure they are. Yeah.
2: When I when I was in uh, South Korea, actually, uh, what I found is that uh, so I taught English there for a year, and I found that their beef industry was inverse of ours, where we have cheap cuts like shank. Yeah, that was expensive there.
0: That's what, Really? Yeah,
2: yeah. Like chicken wings. Yeah, and Scourge Steak. Yeah, exactly, like chicken wings, exactly. Well, skirt Scourge Steak. yeah. It was all expensive stuff. I would, uh, one time, my wife and I were going to go and treat ourselves to a tenderloin dinner. Yeah. And we were walking out of the grocery store with a beef tenderloin, like a whole beef tenderloin. That's the only way they offered it. Yeah, yeah. And I had, like, other shoppers who were looking at us like silly, you know, North American people.
0: They don't know what they're doing. Yet. They don't know
2: what we we're doing. They try to stop us from buying it.
0: They said that's a, that's like the that's, garbage.
2: That's the bad stuff. Yeah, I don't eat that.
0: Is that right, eh? Just just the way they were, what they used to? Because they would be doing most mostly barbecue, like thin. They would cut it thin and thin. then barbecue it.
2: They uh, they love the stuff with uh, a little bit of extra collagen in it. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, that's their claim to having a healthy looking skin.
0: Oh, is the collagen, collagen from the yeah. meat? Oh, sure. Yeah,
2: yeah. And it, it actually, it actually uh, collagen and elastin. Yeah, it it goes from when I when we go to eat it, it actually dig, digests directly into the same protein, which is what makes our skin and hair.
0: Is that right? Yeah.
2: So if you start eating some uh, some more uh, collagen or elastin, Pete, you'll look like a lot real bigger.
0: fatty meat. Like is that what? <laughs> no, you No, not mean?
2: fatty. Like like tendons, like tendons and stuff tendons. like that. Tendons. Yeah. Oh. So like chop the- away, and it'll take ten years off.
0: Oh, so you want the ones with a lot of the connective tissue, like the Yeah, yeah. that, sure, sure.
2: that yeah. was that was their premium. Yeah.
0: Is that right? Eh. Yeah. It's just different from, so that's the same thing with here. It's just a matter of the, as our preferences change because of the influences we have from other, you know, like media and bullshit, that's what influences what we buy and then that influences the price. It's yeah. just as strictly a supply and demand supply curve. Supply and demand. And then if, if, as soon as people, as tongue falls out of favor, I'll be able to buy it again cheap. Yep. Is that right?
2: And you can eat all the tongue you want.
0: Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, I I I had a tongue because we used to butcher butcher like my cousin uh, raised beef, and then I would buy the beef from him, and then he'd always have some leftover tongues and, you know, like uh, liver and all the uh, all that stuff, and and he would say, "Do you want want that?" And I was like, "Well, I have a Hungarian mother-in-law." We'll take it all. Like, there's there's definitely something we'll have. So I would just take it for my mother-in-law because I knew she'd make.
3: That's the Dutch coming out in there. (laughs) Yeah. It's free food, right? Why would I
0: turn it down? (laughs) Right? So then, uh, so we would, uh, so we would end up having like, um, but I had these tongues in our freezer just waiting for my mother-in-law to need them. And then one time I decided I'm just going to take the tongue and I'm going to, I saw, actually it was, I saw something on a cooking show. And it was tongue tacos. And then, so I went in the freezer, got the tongue out, and I boiled in my, uh, on my pot and on the stove. And my kids came around and looked at it. I made them touch the, you know, the padding outside the tongue, you know, because it's really gross, eh, when you boil it and then you can feel the tongue in that. It's like
4: Velcro, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's really, off. uh, you know, really, so the kids were all, like, rubbing the tongue. And I said, this is what we're eating for supper, girls. And then uh, you rip, once you rip that, the, the, the padding off, or whatever, the off the tongue, then the taste buds. It's very uh, tender. The, the, the meat's like ridiculously tender and delicious, right? But uh, it's just that mental thing of where it looks like a tongue, and you don't want your food to taste you back and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's why you take the, ta- the, the,
2: the taste buds off, right?
0: Yeah, that's why you taste it off, so they can't taste me, right? But it was delicious, and my kids loved it, and they kept asking if I was going to make it again. I was like, "Well, I can't find a tongue for less than friggin' fifteen. Bucks. <laughs> Wait till the price of tongue that comes is down. Dutch. Yeah. That is Dutch. <laughs> We're gonna have it when tongue comes down, price. Anyways, so that's it. Well, I was thinking about how somehow to work that into like last week's episode with the female orgasm and there must be something in there we can do, but I don't know. <laughs> well we'll save that for feedback. We got feedback. So if I was saying like if uh so when you guys um grew up, you grew up on a family farm, right? Your your operation, like VG Meats, it's uh now grown into a operation where it's has uh two locations and it's got a big processing operation outside of Simcoe and but when you were, like, the origin of the, the farm itself is, uh, was a family operation, correct? Like, yeah. it was your grandpa's, or was it your no, we dad actually, and uncle?
3: Dad was the first one that bought the farm. Uh, Grandpa was a tobacco farmer before then, yeah. And, and went into the butcher trade. And then it wasn't until uh, 96, I believe, when we bought the beef operation. Um,
0: so he bought the butcher trade before he yep. even raised beef? Yep. Oh, yeah? Yep. And then he started raising them himself.
3: Dad, we, we would put a couple crops in just to see how things were going, and then uh, uh, I think when Corey was in university is when we developed the cow Calf herd, and that went out to Fisherville where Corey and Heidi live, and then uh, from there we went into feeding our own calves into the feedlot rather than buying off of the uh, buying off the stockyard.
0: And now you're all uh, you're all integrated, so now you can take that. Now you have uh, like a closed herd, or like do you have a so now the beef that you guys serve at VGs would be, you would be able to trace the the genetics back because you you take it from cow calf right to the the butchering process? Is that correct? for the most part?
2: Well, yes. <laughs> I'm yeah, on, uh... It's it's true, but we've uh outgrown our farm basically is is why we're uh...
0: Oh, so now now the amount you're able to do that has been you need to buy in because you're Well,
2: no, no. So we still have our uh so a big thing about our the beef that we raise and and uh bring to market is that we are born and raised in Ontario. So in there's lots of reasons why that's important to us, basically because of, you know, the way it used to be where when dad had uh, an animal from a certain farmer and he had a customer coming in with a complaint, to say Look, Wayne, that, uh, that beef you sold me last week wasn't as good as it ought to be. Right. Dad was able to go back to that farmer and know one of two things. Either that farmer isn't part of what we do, or right. we can figure out how to fix this thing. Right, right. We can figure out how to make that improvement. So it's very much about, uh, in our model and in, 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 in the way that we like to do business, is that it's very much about being... Um, the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker esque yeah, yeah. business model, but on a grander scale. Right. Okay. So, uh, the way that the way that uh, we've been able to do that is with, you know, uh, social media and and different technologies, um, and they're always you know as low tech as we can go in terms of our technologies in order to make that happen. So, our traceability uh, technology is all driven with the iPhone. Um, It came from a very practical source, which is interesting. Uh, It was Hutterites out west who were, you know... Hutter age,
0: right? yeah hutterites they're like a uh, closed community like communal community, kind of like mennonites yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but they like they they live in like a commune and grow their own crops and they bring in guys to impregnate their daughters and stuff yeah some,
2: <laughs> do do they do that or do
0: they yeah yeah, I heard lots of stories about hutterites that oh, did right. that, yeah, uh, yeah. Huh. there was a guy that played hockey with someone that I know <laughs> and uh he was uh he, he was uh, <laughs> He, this guy was, uh, actually he was a pretty famous hockey player I'll tell you after the show's done who he was And uh, he he got uh, called to go into Hutterite Colony And uh, basically, um, I think it was, the way he described it If I'm listening to this correctly Was he, um, the father was in the room The daughter was brought in And the man was asked to do his duty Oh my God. Uh, while the father kept an eye on it to make sure that he was just doing his duty or whatever and not, I guess, taking any other liberties other than banging his daughter, you know, type of thing. What else
4: would he do? Yeah, you wouldn't want him to
0: go too far. Yeah, what what else could he possibly do past that? I don't know. I think he's pretty much happy with what you've given him. And then so, but uh, I did hear about that... that this guy would, this particular degenerate hockey player would go in there all the time. It was like his hobby, like because he's from that area. And he'd say it was great. Go to the right colonies, you get like all you want, kind of thing. It was disgu- It's actually quite disturbing. It is. That's very <laughs> yeah. disturbing. Yeah.
2: But for him, maybe it was better than the strip club
0: well i guess so i guess it's a sure thing i guess i I don't know i don't know about the thing about that's bad
2: to know that you're
0: but but when you're doing it for the the purpose of procreation like you just know that your little people are running around there like the the fact that you don't have any regard for the fact you have children that you just walk away from and don't think about again that's kind of like despicable as as far as i'm concerned i don't know (laughs) maybe i'm traditional i don't know I I've I've never banged a Hutterite to just try, <laughs> try to create children, but anyway, so that, was, how do we get off topic? Yeah. You, you went from the you went from the Hutterite colonies. That's how you got your idea, not not for anything. What I was talking about, but Not at all.
2: Jeez, now I got to rethink our technology. <laughs> Jeez. It had nothing
0: to do with impregnating people in front of their parents.
2: It had <laughs> everything to do with traceability. So maybe yeah. maybe that's how it came exactly. to be. That was
0: the common- Traceability, <laughs> right? You can trace it oh, yeah. back to this hockey player. Quality of herd, <laughs> quality yeah. of heard. yeah, that's yeah. right. So, uh, no, he must
2: have been one heck of a specimen. In the, in no, the he record. wasn't at all. No, <laughs> yeah.
0: no, he's an okay. He was a captain of. A, he was okay. He was a captain of an original six team. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, wow. So that means he was a fairly decent player at one point in time. But yeah, he's disgusting. But yeah. there was
2: only six teams <laughs> at the time, so that could have been any one of us.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so no, sorry, the Hutterite model made you think about what you guys... Well,
2: no, no, no. The Hutterite uh, has got nothing to do with their model. It's got to be... It's got everything to do with the fact that they had the technology that existed, which was that they couldn't use... They had to use their iPhone in order to have a technology for now for the reasons for which they had to use their their iphone um i don't know but nonetheless we maybe
0: internet like, maybe just to, they had to go with 3g because yeah
2: or maybe they couldn't use computers maybe yeah i don't
0: know because of the religion or whatever or, yeah yeah but they could
2: use iphones as so of what right. did the iphone
0: do what 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 did you do with the iPhone? like how does the iphone work into the whole situation
2: well uh, it, the way it works for us is that we're looking for a small scale version of a traceability system that will work for folks who are not you know who don't have great big deep coffers we don't want to make this club exclusive we want we want to find a traceability system that works for everyone we want everyone doing traceability
1: including the farmers
2: the it's, farmers as well yeah. Yeah, yeah so we're looking for a very practical solution and that's and that's what we want to sort of pull through the system and at the same time we want to create it we we want it to really you know on a on a grand scale and in a, in a big vision, uh, we want to see that our customers require it. In order for them to buy beef, we want our customers to say, if you don't have traceability, if you don't have uh, a QR code that I can scan to trace back to which farm it came from, All right. I'm not shopping your product
0: and when you compare that to like uh, Maple Leaf Foods or like one of these big corporate uh, processors,
2: well, I think that I think that Maple Leaf Foods is entirely capable of doing it. But where in our industry, there's uh, there's folks who want to cheat and lie about what what their product is, like where it came from. Right. This is our mechanism for preventing that.
0: Right, right, mm-hmm. and but but with the big corporate entities that are just kind of putting it all in the one grinder and you can't tell where it comes from so there's like a breach or there's a uh uh, some sort of uh uh, bacterial contamination of that batch when they put in like you know when they're in the mix you know when you look at the old food ink model where they throw everything into one thing with the pink slime and then mix it all up and then they have a problem
3: line speeds have a lot to do with traceability like if you've got these high high velocity line speeds, it is pretty hard to trace per carcass, and that's that's ten, why they tend to do batches. You know where they'll they'll do so many so many carcasses per batch, so many batches
2: into the grinder type thing. Right. So, so where where maybe some of the big guys talk about 300 or I don't know a thousand per hour. Right. You know we talk more like a thousand a year
0: type of thing. Right. Right. And that's why when they when they have these government programs that are like meant to protect the public, like as far as a food safety thing goes, and then you try to make these, uh, uh, you put these uh, regulations in place in order to protect the public, um, but you're really putting them in place to protect the public from the big corporate entity who's based, who's kind of like uh, motivated by the profit because yeah. by the nature of a corporate entity... They're meant to uh, increase the profits every quarter for their shareholders and a, a big corporate processor like a maple leaf or whatever is going to be motivated more strongly by profit than they are going to be by their uh, obligation to the community or by their obligation to f- uh, to make people safe or, or whatever. They're going to be more looking at how can we shave dollars off of our bottom line? to to be able to to answer to our shareholders that we increased our quarterly profits or whatever so our share price can go up every month whereas for a family-run operation or like a non uh, not a publicly held corporation you can actually do things that are for the best interests of the way you want to do your business like you want to grow your business maybe you're gonna take a loss this quarter because Mm -hmm. you're growing your business or maybe you're gonna uh maybe because you have a personal conscience you don't want to do something that's going to be bad for the food system or you know and this is where a a family held uh, operation is going to be far superior to a corporate held one because they uh, because they're motivated differently right and so the the disadvantage of that is that when the government comes in and starts to regulate uh, maple leaf foods and they put that same regulation to blanket all processors that includes you guys you guys have to go through the same expense that, say, a, a multi-million-dollar multinational corporation's got to go through, mm. which is a drop in the bucket for them, but it's yep. crippling for you guys, right? Absolutely. Yep. And meanwhile, you you don't need to go through the same sort of like hoops to jump through because you guys are actually doing it because you actually care about serving the food to your customers, right?
2: Absolutely. Yeah
0: and i don't know how to fix it other than the fact that it's just i just make mention the fact that it's a friggin' broken system that oh, we yeah, have for sure. you know
2: i th- i think i think the way to fix it is to have an engaged consumer i think is is how we do it and and it's it's really difficult for the consumer to be so engaged when they don't have the information they need so you know where we've gone in the last i don't know how many how many decades uh, you know i get i get it all the time when i'm You know, out sort of promoting our product is there's a generation that will say beef isn't what it used to be. We used to have a platter of steaks on the table, and once you ate one, you were looking for the second one. Well, these days, you eat half of one, and you've you've got more than your fill, and you don't really crave beef that often. And so, why is that? Why is that? I don't. I've got no scientific explanation for it. I mean, I can tell you what we've done in terms of genetics and. The, the direction that the industry has gone over the years, but my bit my best guess at, at what that is 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 um that we've gone away from the the butcher the baker and the candlestick maker type uh business or, or or industry which is uh or economy rather is uh we can't figure out what's going wrong when it's going wrong, so when the consumer complains in in you know the the massive um, agribusiness that that exists right now you know when they complain about a steak when the consumer complains about a steak in the grocery store the the manager typically just says here's another steak right, right have a nice day yeah they have they have no method in order to solve what issues came up with that with that animal and so you know that's why that's why traceability is so important for us and and so while we have this technology available to us a lot of folks in our industry say you know the insiders say, How many of your consumers actually use that technology? Right. And the reality probably is maybe 10%. I'd be happy with 10%, actually. You know, I don't have an actual number or an actual statistic based on that, but we're kind of in a scenario where we're kind of bleeding edge. We got to be the first ones to bring this out and we got to be the first ones to train consumers and uh in the meanwhile just like any other business we have to somehow find a way to be profitable doing it right um so it's definitely we've got a we've got a mountain to climb but we're really trying to close the loop on the on the producer consumer uh sort of information loop right and in, in, in terms of in terms of finding out was that steak actually good yeah. or was it horrible
0: yeah, the other, the other, the other, that leads me to something I read about today was like, uh, was like, um, machine uh, tenderizing. You know, machine. You know how the they say twenty percent of Canadian beef right now is machine tenderized.
2: I've got, a, I've got a bigger stat for you.
0: What's that?
2: So it's ninety percent of um, food service and restaurant beef is mechanically tenderized.
0: Is mechanically tenderized and the ninety percent. Ninety percent of of institutionalized. Yeah. So that would be like hospitals, f- uh, schools, and stuff. That like,
2: would be your your favorite steakhouse. Yeah. Even that. Yeah.
0: Even that. Yeah. Like to go to like Outback. Let's like say like if I would throw one out of the, sure. th- without having to yep. like say it's them in particular, but just to like some of the. I think
2: so, the, I think the keg. Uh, don't call me on this, but I think the keg advertises. As mechanically tenderized, and the thing steak. about
0: mechanically, from what I understand about mechanically tenderizing meat, is that like when you have a piece of beef, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you have a piece of beef, the bacteria mostly is on the outside of that uh cut, that's right, right? And if so, there that, is any, yeah. if there is any, it's on the outside. And yeah. so, when you are to uh cook it, and this is why you can cook a piece of beef rare, is because as long as you kill the bacteria on the outside of that meat, it's fine, but then when you mechanically the tenderize it you pierce into into deep into the tissue and then you would then cause the bacteria to go deep in that tissue as well and so therefore what i read is that if you're going to cook a steak that's tenderized you actually got to like flip it multiple times like a piece of hamburger or something and in order to get rid of all the bacteria
1: that was uh i guess that was a major governing body that was how they were going to deal with it but really, you have to get to 180 degrees in the core. That's the only way to kill. Yeah, it. Yeah, but
0: what I said, what I read too, said temperature is not the only thing because even at the temperature at 180, if it didn't, if it wasn't distributed properly, I wish I had the article up They, yeah, they that, said that you that, couldn't.
2: That article was written by Dr. Wills from who was in, I believe. Yeah, uh, University of West who did this research. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm
0: familiar with. Oh, you read that too? That. Yeah. yeah and yeah. they said that you had to, that it wouldn't it didn't really get rid they, they actually injected the beef with e coli on purpose and then they measured the amount of e coli that was left over mm-hmm. and then uh and they said that, that depending on the way you cooked it it would it would be there it wouldn't be depending there. depending on the way you flipped it but my prop, my point is the reason we mechanically tenderize this meat is because it, ge- a problem to start with. it generally takes uh like a less than like a less than ideal piece of meat yeah and you want to make that into something that's going to be kind of palatable but then you give it to the public and you give it to them without any instruction at all yeah. and you say like well this is the same thing you're going to have to go through whether like this is this was a steak beside another steak that's not mechanically tenderized and you're going to just without any cooking instructions go ahead and just cook it like a steak and if the people aren't educated enough to know that this thing could possibly be harmful to you they, they wouldn't cook it right right because they're gonna assume it's a steak right
2: and so our fear for the in relation to that is that you know the the best attribute that beef has consider all the other proteins and even next to lamb as well um as far as i'm concerned the best thing about beef is that you get to eat it medium rare and yeah. it's safe yeah so you know for the you know my word of advice to the rest of the industry is please don't ruin that for us yeah because that gets beef the premium that it deserves.
0: If you could only eat a well-done steak all the time, you would probably think steak tastes like crap. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm well, sure. we,
1: just, we just did a taste test, and the, the chef cooked one a, a little too far. And I think if we go through every one of these taste tests, it, r- it rated the worst.
0: Which one number was it? Five. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a nice piece <laughs> yeah. of steak. Overcooked. But it well, done, over-cooked chef. Yeah. well done, chef. <laughs> 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 That's true, well, too, because so everyone was saying they thought that one would score a bit higher, but yeah. that could have just been the way it was cooked, right? We yeah, need a special
4: barbecue next time.
0: Wow, we did. It is the windiest friggin' day I've ever, like, I think that we've ever been in, and I had to ch- start a charcoal fire on it, blowing against the Dutch hall with the. Uh, Oh, he called himself the chef, and he didn't. It was that was actually yeah, that, a <laughs> that was actually Kyle who, who, is this who cooked chef? this coverage. You yeah. yeah. saying the chef, like, is some no other names. guy to blame? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: There's some guy outside right now, still waiting yeah. to hear the result.
0: That son of a bitch, okay. <laughs> Corey. Corey. Corey did it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we never introduced our bartenders for this evening. So we'll do it right now. We have a. We, luckily, we have a, a good. An old alumni of the life in the Dutch Hall. He's been hiding from us for the whole uh, agricultural season. Jason Ryder's uh, in as our bartender today. So, Jason, let's <laughs> to introduce you. And we also have the lovely and talented and beautiful Dr. Jane Van Dyke, which I will. That's oh, you got. I'm
4: I, yeah, I could not be here
0: tonight. No, because she's the. My, my wife is a carnivore. She's the. She is the O negative blood type Now I know you guys looked at me when I started talking about this O <laughs> negative blood type stuff like It looked like I was a, a bit of a like a But I believe it to be true Because my wife is O negative And what I read about this blood type stuff with what you eat and stuff Is that O loves beef Like loves meat, proteins, right? They're looking for proteins all the time And the O people just can process it better They can eat it better They like it and everything and then I'm an a, a. I'm an A negative blood type. Which and I am more suited to vegetables. I'm sorry to say, but I'm <laughs> but I'm more suited to vegetables. That's and food's I can food. I, I can I can
2: see that. I can see that actually.
0: Yeah, I'm like an omnivore. I'm like a, I'm more like I'm not a, not a full man. I'm like partial man. Like a, my wife is a full man. <laughs> but I would uh, but like and and I and I can I love steak. I eat it. I love it. But like I eat little. I eat like a i'll eat like a hockey puck sized steak you know and my wife will eat the rest of my steak and then all her whole steak that takes up her whole plate and she has no problems with it at all but if i eat a whole steak i just end up like uh farting all night like i mean just can't (laughs) stop myself right so to me there's something to it there's something to that but i don't know if it's true or not but so i've been doing it i'm doing like little um like a survey when i talk to a person they say they don't like steak or they like steak or whatever i was like what blood type are you you know and 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 it happens to ring true for me sometimes like it does make sense the a people tend to respond to to uh, vegetables better well, and the, it's the o's. first time i ever heard of that are you an o i have
1: no idea what i am you? I you should know. check
0: it out yeah. i bet you all you vgs are o's though i bet you you're all o's
1: <laughs> born with it Yeah, yeah what's what's i like sweets
0: I don't know, I think that's everything. I think it's all blood types, yeah. because <laughs> I like it too. All right, so I got to ask you a question. in, in uh, this is different than this is a little off topic, but um horse, horse. horse. do you serve do you I'm serve sorry, horse? Parents, that again Horse. Horse. Horse.
4: Like. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Okay. Right? Just checking.
0: So you guys are Dutch, right? And then you have a butcher shop, and in, and Dutch people eat horse, right? Do you guys serve horse? Horse. And your butcher shop, do you have any no. horse? Horse, no. no. No, do you know the rules around serving horse in Canada?
3: No idea. You got to catch them first. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because like in a lot of countries, horse is like meat, right? It's real food. Like yeah, I had a friend, food, of, yeah. I had a friend of mine that was uh, auditor for Nestle's, and he lived in Switzerland. But then he would travel around the world auditing for Nestle's, and he said at the the cafeteria at Nestle's, they had horse on the menu every day in Switzerland.
1: Isn't that the real Montreal smoked meat? It's oh, horse yeah, for sure.
0: The real Montreal smoked meat yeah, is in horse Montreal, meat. Horse, horse, yeah. At uh, the Dutch. Uh, the Dutch Bakery in Norwich or whatever, you can get... Uh, I got this the salted horse. It's kind of like prosciutto, but really, really salty. Whatever. It's good. There was a girl I work with. It was fine. I tried it. Cause, and then there was a girl I work with who's a real horse lover. And then... Uh, but... Uh, and she was horrified the fact that we were eating horse, which has made it more enjoyable for me to do because I did, I look at a horse, to be honest with you, and I grew up with horses. We had horses on our uh, like we had horses on our farm and stuff and we had to go to horse shows and stuff. All I did was take care of the horses. I never really enjoyed it. But uh, I looked at them all the time. You look at the muscle mass and all the rest of it, and you're like, they look like they would be delicious. Like, I mean, I don't see anything other than—I like, don't, I don't take any pleasure with riding them or, like, looking at them or anything like that. But I look at the muscle tone of them, and I'm like, they probably would taste delicious. And then so when I ate them, other than the salt they put on them, I, I could see it as being a lean— protein source <laughs> but you guys don't serve it eh? No. you don't think there's a market for it or you just don't uh, you, you just uh, don't want to get involved with it? it you don't
1: it's a tough subject horse yeah. that is for sure. because people love it because yeah. it's,
0: yeah. it's a pet right like serving dog or cat or exactly. something like that yeah, 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 sure. exactly, yeah. but in certain countries they do that too right no, that's oh, right yeah. and it's not even considered to be do, uh, it's not even considered to be anything offside i think they probably have breeds of dog they like to eat more than others right
1: grandma said grandma said never buy a rabbit without its head
0: because you know it's a rabbit
1: because you know it might be a cat if it's not
0: yeah i remember one time i was looking i bought a i bought a rabbit from the um farmer's market right yeah. with the head on it and everything uh, and I didn't know what to do with it when I got home, cause it home because so I was looking on YouTube on how to butcher the uh, <laughs> rabbit right to before I cooked it so I'm sitting on my ipad i'm looking at how to butcher a rabbit, and I put it on the thing, and my cat jumps on my lap and he's looking at the iPad right and then i'm and I see the uh it's showing the you know the skinned rabbit and how to uh, butcher it and he's Look at, I, I swear to God This is what happened I don't know if it's even true Because as I say it out loud It sounds like I'm insane But the cat looks at the, Was, was watching the video And then he While uh, sitting well, sit on my lap don't And he kept looking it. up at me
4: Don't, don't do it man yeah.
2: Don't do it
0: Yeah he was like What the hell Are you out in mind <laughs> Anyways I did That's why I got Upgraded <laughs> to the good kibble Kitty kitty kitty, kitty, kitty. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden I'm eating off the plate But anyways No I didn't butcher him my cat but i did think about it because they're about the same size and everything you're like it might not be that bad it, in I a mean, pinch was a rabbit uh, i was like 15 bucks yeah I think. well hey yeah uh cat's free i got it <laughs> 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 i'm sure the Humane society's yeah, got some crazy. this is good i mean this is a this is a it, this is a peter would be happy with that. Eh? <laughs> well, at least like, animals would be getting useful. You know, they're getting use for him. But I don't. I would never eat a carnivore. You know, like a carnivore, like a cat or a dog. Even like they're car- they're not meant to be eaten. You're supposed to eat a herbivore, right? You're supposed to eat something yeah. that eats plants, right? That's delicious. Well, pigs the the like, an not anymore. Yeah, but we don't feed them meat, do we? In the when we're Alberta, they do. In Alberta, they do. <laughs> <laughs> <In> Alberta, they <laughs> do that, is what he's offside. <laughs> Yeah, but normally, you know, if you're in the rail, like a real, like like a hog farm would feed their pigs. They wouldn't be feeding them... A,
1: ration, they would feed them a vegetable ration.
0: They wouldn't be feeding them um, proteins no. for no. the most part, right? And that's why they probably taste the way they do. If there was a pig that was eating a lot of meat, he'd probably taste like shit. Don't you think? I don't know. What other animal do you eat that eats meat that tastes good, though? Is there anything that you can think of? A turtle? A turtle? Is it good? What's a bear eat? No. Bears and a bear eats water. fish, though. I've never a been a bear.
3: big Bears, fan of bear. Bears a raccoon and
0: they no good. Yeah. But they won't eat. They won't eat like a. They'll eat fish. That's like a kind of like a soft meat. There's not. They're not <laughs> eating. <this. laughs> they're, yeah. A fish eats fish. A fish eats fish, and the fish is good, right? Yeah. So fish is kind of like I think the asterisk there on that. But like something that eats an actual animal, something that rips an animal apart, you're not gonna like. It's not gonna be delicious. You know what else I think? You know a giraffe. You know a giraffe. It's like uh, a giraffe has no real. You don't hear anyone eating a giraffe, right? And then a giraffe is huge. It's like got a big long neck. It goes around the jungle. It's eating the. It's eating the leaves on the trees. You know, it's like can't hide from anyone. If, there, if there's a predator, there's a there's a herbivore. Yeah. There's predators all around. Can see the thing. It's yeah. huge, right? But I think the giraffe's main. Um, like, defense mechanism is that it tastes like shit. Yeah, I think so. that's <laughs> what I think. I've I, I, I never I eaten a see that I, thought
2: that you, I thought you were getting to that. Yeah,
0: because I, the, the, I don't see that there's a point to the giraffe. Like, it doesn't have any sort of like it, it doesn't, it can't uh, defend itself. It can't like uh, camouflage itself. It can't do anything. To pr- so, the only defense mechanism has to be that it tastes like shit. That's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> the only thing worse would be people. People would taste like the worst because our diet's the worst. Yeah. If we ate better, we'd be more tasty. I think.
2: <laughs> Back to the giraffe. I don't. I don't know that many people that eat neck. So maybe that's. Maybe that's the problem.
0: Oh, you just too, need the right people much, to eat the neck.
2: Yeah, too, too much neck to uh, to loin ratio going on. Oh,
0: I think there. Jane's parents would eat that neck. Oh yeah. Right? the way they 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 hit a chicken neck. You just need to find a poorer culture. When you guys go into the, uh, when, you, when you guys go in, when you guys have like a, like a butcher shop, now that I was getting at that, that it gets to be like where it used to be for like the common person and now it seems to be more for the affluent to go. But, to. I,
3: but I think that's because the trade is lost. The trade is lost in all the grocery stores.
0: Right. To where it's just
3: packer beef coming in and it's slice it into steaks, put it on a tray. You know, the, the, the trade for the, the off cuts is, is gone there.
0: Yeah, and also the the fact that they're doing the the meat in the grocery store so cheaply because they're doing it by water weight and they're not uh dry aging it and that's stuff right. like that. That stuff will actually um it might save you a few pennies and stuff, like that's what will make it cheaper, but it also what makes it taste not like uh, cheaper beef.
1: Per, cheaper per pound on the price tag, but at the end of the day you're still buying that water that's in that package.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. You're not you're not eating meat. You're eating water. You
1: just put the water down the drain when you open the package.
0: And that oh yeah, and that's what you're buying. Yeah. You're buying weight. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah. So if there's there's moisture in the package, and you buy it, you buy it per pound. You open the package, you get home, you put open the package, you put it down the drain. You still bought that that went. That's down.
0: what you bought. Yeah. What you dumped on the drain. Whereas if for you guys are buying a uh, like a steak from you guys, you'll it would be aged, and then that water would then be. Dehydrated. It's on the floor. It's, on, the
1: floor. it's on our floor in the in the coolers.
0: And what's left is a is a more intense
1: concentrated m- piece of meat.
0: And that's going to have a more intense beef flavor, and that's it's going to taste more like it. it's like if you have a, um, a, a you're growing grapes on a dry year, and you have a real dehydrated grape. It's going to have a more of a uh, strong Sugar. Yeah, those those sugars those that flavor is going to be more intense, which means it's going to be better for wine. And same with the beef. If you get rid of the water, it's going to taste more like beef. That's right. If you dehydrate a tomato, it's going to taste more like a tomato. When you get rid of the water, right? That's right. Same sort of thing, right? And a lot of people just don't get that simple concept, and they will buy me a pink piece of crap from Zares. The my, I'm looking at my wife and yelling at her because I've told her from t- year after year after year, do not we're buy. A- cheap. I know, but we're it doesn't matter if we're cheap. It tastes like garbage. I, I don't want to eat my it. She has learned her lesson. But this was a lesson well well <laughs> learned. It had, took me working years and years with guys like you guys that teach me. Maybe
3: we've converted her tonight, Pete.
0: I think you have. I think yeah, you have, yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's why we had to have her in today, so we could teach her about the good, the good meats. And uh, the other thing, what else do we want to teach? The thing about the consumer not knowing is that they just... If you don't know any different, then you just will never know. It's like if you never eat a really expensive, or if you never drink a really expensive wine, you would only think that the you think the cheap wine was just fine, right? That's, right? that's what. But it's like people that don't know what they don't know will never know it. You know, as if you don't. So I don't know if we're doing a good enough job teaching our public what they're putting in their bodies. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and I think that's part of the the butcher shop's job, part of our job is to make sure that the consumer when they come in with questions and maybe if you know that's that's always the awkward part they come into our store and they're they're looking at the price tags and trying to figure out how much it's going to cost they're afraid to ask do you have something a little bit cheaper that i can that i can serve my six family members tonight and they don't want to spend 60 bucks or or 120 dollars whatever whatever it will be they can ask for a skirt steak which we all rated as Probably one of the top steaks tonight that's going to cost eight dollars a pound, right? Compared to a, a tenderloin that's going to cost thirty dollars a pound,
0: right? Right, right, especially with a little instruction on how to prepare it. Like, it's, if you say, like, simple. this is going to be just as good, it's cheap, but you're going to have to, yeah. you know, take a little bit longer to prepare it or marinate it or do something different yeah. to break down the yeah, it's not even the, the, case the though,
2: It's not even the, that that's not even the case for a lot of these really good steaks, is that they you would prepare them just the same as you would. A tenderloin, it's just there a third of the price.
0: Really? So that one that you that skirt steak, let's say number three that we ate tonight. Yeah. There was nothing different done to that. It was just no, like
1: you see, you see me prepare it right there.
0: Just salt and then a little uh, olive oil on it, yeah. and then cooked just like a regular steak. Yeah. And that tasted that good. Yeah.
1: So it has it has grains on it. Right. So I made sure I when I when I cut it they went cross grain. Right. If you go with the grain, it's gonna be it is gonna be, be chewy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you go across grain, and it, it always performs very, very well when really? uh, when you give it out to a panel.
0: Holy crap, we're already at 51 minutes, eh, guys? <laughs> and we haven't even feedback. We got feedback. Well, let's do it then. So <laughs> I didn't want to say that. So the thing is about cheap, my point that I tried to make this whole time was that it doesn't have to be for the affluent. If you go to the butcher shop and you want to get real quality food, which is that sure. you that you can know what you're eating, you know how it's been prepared, it's been raised, and you know that if it's been machine tenderized or whatever, go to a butcher shop instead of your grocery store. Ask what you're getting, and if and and based on your budget, they should be able to find you a solution. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah, for sure. for and, and if that and that to me, I think is like ninety percent. If the people would just understand that basic principle, right, right for your proteins at least, you've got a lot of it figured out. Like, like just that's a huge difference from what you're eating cuz most of the stuff you're going to get at a corporate grocery store they just don't give a shit about what you're putting in your body. They're only doing that for profit. They're doing it based on weight, based on how much money they can make and they don't care about what you're eating and mm-hmm. people should care more about what they're eating.
2: And 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 uh more to that point is that it's simple supply and demand for folks like that. You know, for the corporate grocery store is, is that what people demand is what i have to supply. Right. And so where they supply New York strips and ribeyes and tenderloins. That's what I have to have. But my consumer shops only on price. Right. So they're looking for the cheapest. Tenderloin. Beef. And, and and uh, you know, what, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to, uh, to meat, let's not look for the cheapest version of meat <laughs> that you can get. No, no, no. Right. Not a good idea.
0: No. You can actually just eat. Less of good stuff, too. You know, that's That's right. (laughs) You know, you wouldn't even need as much if you had less of good stuff.
2: Absolutely.
0: Anyways, that brings us to a part of the program we call Feedback. We got a feedback.
3: We got feedback.
4: Feedback.
0: (laughs) I saw you lit up, eh? You like that, eh? It's yeah. my, that's the most famous uh, it's theme disgusting. song. That's better than Charter's uh, even regular theme song. But both of them, that one I only consider to be partially written by Dave because he was drunk and he was uh, <laughs> Not really. and he didn't even know what he was doing. <laughs> and Mike, did, Mike Bo did half of that. But uh, the regular theme song, we we did go through the course. I know Dave Charters, I don't know if you guys have been listening. This is uh, to the program over the last couple of weeks. But Dave Charters, the man that writes the music for life in the Dutch Hall, he's been barred from the premises and uh banned from life in the Dutch hall i guess he's been fired the details of which have been a little hazy but so far they've been uh, coming out over the last few weeks as as to why he's been fired and i'm not quite sure of it yet but i i think it's due to the fact that he's a bit of a uh, uh, just a boring asshole, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> that's just That's
2: that 's too bad character. yeah' just
0: not it's just not like uh a conducive what we 're trying be. to do, yeah, a fun asshole I would take, and we're, right. like a boring, nice guy would be okay i uh, i still wouldn 't like him either <laughs> <laughs> he 's probably the same that 's probably char anyways, so Char's... uh That feedback we got, feedback every week we get feedback from our listeners. Last week was the episode called um, The Female Orgasm, which uh, which part one is what I like to say, because I would like to do a part two of that. But The Female Orgasm was well-received by the general public, I believe. And we have got quite a bit of feedback, and most of it positive about it. Um, Had a couple different people that I've talked to over the last couple of days I've seen in town that have uh, uh, given me their take on what they thought of the episode and uh the first uh or the listener of the week this week is going to be a man um uh, from leamington kingsville area rick Masternardi. rick Masternardi listened to the episode or he listens uh, he's been uh, turned on for a few weeks until we, i think he started listening to the show and we started talking about him is that what how it goes James? Sure. and then uh but since he's been promoting us out in the windsor area and leamington uh, kingsville okay. and uh listening to every show. So this week's Listener of the Week is Rick Mastronardi. So, Rick, thanks for listening. And we'll give it to him almost to the end. That's what he gets. This guy was actually, he lived with my wife for four months when we were married. And now I'm leading Listener of the Week. It's like he's, he just gets everything, eh? I should have actually made him feel worse about himself. Instead, I made him feel better. But I do appreciate his support. Anyways, that's feedback. We and also had part of feedback. We got feedback every week. like to listener, we welcome our new listeners. And this week we have new listeners from Sudbury, Ontario, Kalamazoo, Michigan, Englewood, Florida, Manila, Philippines. Oh,
4: wow.
0: And Waterford, Ontario. So thank you for all our new listeners. Yeah, Philippines is a long ways away. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Eh? Why they would listen? I can never figure it out. When you look at the map and you see people listening from all over the world, you picture like it's got to be some sort of weird situation that they clicked on my show. And like, why would they think about like us down here that the, they would want to listen to what we're doing? But. It is interesting when you hear it. a lot of them are expat, like people that come from the area but that are now living abroad or, and they just like to hear a voice from home, and some of them are just like people that just saw it on iTunes and, hit, cl- and clicked on it and, and listened, but uh, they wanted,
2: maybe they wanted to practice their Simcoe accent.
0: Yeah, maybe, yeah, if they want to come here. But, you know, a lot of them, I, I say they're Listener of the Week and a lot, or are new listeners from, and a lot of times I will get, like, a new listener from Philippines, and then I will never see another listener from Philippines again. Like, they listen to my show one time, and they <laughs> won't listen to it again. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what did I do, you know? Realize they didn't know any English. To, yeah, <laughs> they were just trying to click on the one beside me, and they they, they got it wrong, but... <laughs> But it doesn't matter. It counts, right? It counts. Netflix. And actually, I got a whole bunch of countries from when you traveled Europe, so I appreciate mm. that. Yeah, it made me look like a real superstar there. <laughs> Were you listening to it that time? Yeah, did well, you, yeah. we
1: did, went. Uh, we went on a Mediterranean cruise. Every port, I got free Wi-Fi. I clicked it on. Did another show. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's
0: why he's here today. Uh, you should be listening to the week every week, Kyle. <laughs> Anyways, the only thing we'll have to do on our feedback, we got feedback. The only thing. Oh, I guess I should talk about charters, but I don't really want to. But uh, he's fired. He's still fired. Everybody's concerned about him, and uh, we're trying to figure, come to the bottom of get to the bottom of what's going on here. And hopefully, we're gonna get some resolution. I think we got it all worked out. We talked to our lawyers. We have the theme song now is secured by the show. And, you
1: really upset Pete.
0: Well, it's you know this is a longtime friend of mine, uh, Kyle, and you know we've been friends since kindergarten, and now he's barred from the premises, and uh, he's a big part of the original show. And I'm mean, still trying to make make uh, heads or tails of what's going on here. So, I know the the listening audience is really upset, but uh, and I am too. We're trying to make make it right. But uh, uh, another thing that really bothers me since Dave was fired is the is uh, the Haitian dwarf has gone missing. And uh, oh no! So we are at the uh, Haitian dwarf feedback portion, and so we'll play the theme song. One verse. Haitian Dwarf. Every week we get uh, feedback from our good buddy, the Haitian Dwarf. He's been with us from the beginning. He's been our number one super fan, and he's always been there to support me. And then uh, the week that we fired uh, Dave Charters, um, we had, I forgot to do my Haitian Dwarf feedback. And then uh, the next week I did it. I, I put it out on Twitter, at Dutch Hall on Twitter, and I, I uh, made everyone aware of what was going on with the Haitian Dwarf apologize profusely to him. There were some people within the listening audience that said it was uh, conclusive evidence that Dave Charters was the Haitian dwarf, and this is uh, absolute uh, not le- not true. It's a fabrication. It's a it's a it's just uh, uh, fiction. If you're gonna if you're gonna try to bring that up and, and try to pin that on Dave, Dave's not smart enough to be the Haitian dwarf. Everyone knows it. But anyways, the next week comes by and I have uh, the the female orgasm and uh, we have uh, no Haitian dwarf feedback and uh, so I have to read the previous week's feedback and so now the the it strengthens again and then today it's a Monday show so I didn't give the Haitian dwarf much time to get back to me but still another week goes by and another week with no Haitian dwarf feedback so we're start the I'm starting to get more concerned because I know for a fact in my heart, that Dave is not the Haitian dwarf. And uh, now it's been three weeks from me hearing from the Haitian dwarf, and I know he's, uh, you know, they're not, they are not—they don't have long life expectancies. They have a lot of uh, medical problems. He's been thrown against Velcro walls. There's been a number of things. There's a number of risk factors here that could only result in horrible consequences for my good buddy, the Haitian dwarf, and I haven't heard from. So what I'm going to do right now is just, I don't know, just plead, Plead to the Haitian dwarf. Are you okay? If you're okay, just reach out to me. I don't care if it's on air. We don't have to make this about this about uh, the show. I just want to know as a friend. Are you okay? Do you need any help? Is there anything I can do? And that's all I'm going to say for feedback this week. Haitian dwarf, keep fighting the good fight and get back to me here because we want to make sure that nothing's happened to my my little buddy. All right. Thank you, Haitian dwarf. And that's it for feedback. We got feedback. The one thing you can do, if you want to reach out to Life from the Dutch Hall, you can always uh, give me feedback at uh, lifefromthedutchhall@gmail.com or follow me on Twitter Dutch Hall on Twitter, or like my Facebook page Life from the Dutch Hall on Facebook. Um, also, if you'd like to go on Amazon or on my website uh, www.lifefromthedutchhall.com and click on my Amazon banner, it's Christmas time, so if you want to do some Christmas shopping, it sure beats putting up with all the dickheads in the parking lots. If you just go on Amazon and buy all your shit there and give me a little bit of the money back so we can uh, help make the show better and uh also if you do go on my website there is a coupon from vg meats and you can always print out the coupon from vg meats bring it into this either the location in simco or stony creek and get a lot of good deals that they offer us keep checking back from time to time because the vg offer always changes and um that would uh, help out the show. So thank you guys for doing that. And everyone will talk to you next week. So that's it for feedback. We got feedback. We're at an hour or two. So all we have left to do, guys, is uh, talk about this week in the news. So you got any, is there anything else you want to talk about as far as the beef or you want to get into this week in the news? There's a couple of news stories to get into. You ready? What
2: do you got, Pete? Let's hear it. Let's
0: hear it. All right. We just got one quick story to end the show. We're gonna see if we can get the technology to work for us here, which never does. Uh, <laughs>
1: don't play that one. Yeah, play that. <laughs> yeah. Can we just play that?
0: Just know, of, we okay? yeah, yeah. We're gonna play this yeah, one. Play <laughs> play <the> highlight. <laughs> highlight. This, we'll get it all set. This is set. for Give all, all the Kyle's
3: buddies. Girl.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> this is not what we no, I wanted to play. I that's it. Yeah,
1: that's, that's it. Right there, yeah. No. Okay. After that, you After that.
0: Okay. This is from the VG commercial. That's it right there.
1: Oh yeah. Hey, was that? You <laughs> get,
3: I'll do it right there. Yeah, right there.
0: Oh, I can't do it. Give us some. Oh. Did I miss it?
2: I told you, you missed it.
0: Oh, yeah. oh shoot.
2: Kyle, Kyle knows where it is. Kyle, where is it?
0: I got see where he's. No, there's a part kidding. of the video where.
2: Go, go for the.
0: <laughs> we can't do this anymore. Anyways, forget it. This is not the news story. We're going to go to the. We'll play it at the end. You got okay. <laughs> so there is uh, the news this week in the news. We're going to do this week in the news, okay? Florida, if you ever want to go, like I like to, when with Life in the Tall, we like to give people the news that you can't get on regular news sources. If you go to your regular Canada AMs or CNNs or. Uh, any MSNBC and that sort of stuff, you're going to get the regular news, the news that's meant for the, re- the rest of the public. But with Life in the Dutch Hall, we dig a little deeper. We go on the Internet. We try to find some real hard-hitting news stories, and this week is no different. We go, and if you ever want to hear a story that's going to get you really, really excited, what you want to do is go to Florida, because in Florida is where all the real nut jobs are doing some real crazy stuff. And this week's no exception. This week, um... We have uh, our buddy. He's really blown up on the internet here. His name is Fuck You, <laughs> and he's a Vietnamese fellow. He was inter- he was uh, arrested in Florida, and his name is spelled. Uh, the actual spelling of the name is P H uh, U C, and uh, according to the uh, real um, dickheads that want to tell me I'm wrong all the time, it's not fuck. It's fook, right? <laughs> So then the Vietnamese pronunciation of that is Phuc, not "fuck," But um, nonetheless, his last name is spelled K-I-E-U-Q. So his name is phuc or phuc <laughs> or whatever. But once this guy was arrested, the internet blew up and everybody at, wanted the police report from this police station because phuc got got uh, arrested. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to see if I can read this. But... Um, so the internet can't stop saying you." The man's name and its similarity and appearance to the colorful two-word English phrase is going viral after what after he was arrested in Gainesville, Florida on attempted robbery and sexual battery charges. Apparently Mr. Q or Fukyu, was lying in the back of his uh, car. He was like in his well, he was in the front seat of his car, but he put a, he reclined his whole seat back. This is what eyewitnesses say. So he rec- reclined his seat back so he could see his DVD player, which was in the back, which he played gay pornography on. And then he would he looked, he was watching the gay pornography until he got himself worked up in such a frenzy that he left his uh, vehicle and then uh, grabbed a fellow and then dragged him into his vehicle and uh, started to take uh, liberties on the fellow who had managed to uh, uh, fight free and then... Um, Uh, called the authorities in which they arrested Mr. Fuck You. And uh, anyways, I figure if your name is is, is Fuck You, um, you pretty much don't really have any sort of a um, standard to aspire to at that point in time. You know, you might as well just let it all go. So if you're whatever you're into at that point in time, they're going to pretty much let it go because your parents made a real bad decision on how to name you. That's a fou you, and then the old, uh, the other story I have to end the show is about our good friends, the uh, Germans
4: nein, 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 nein.
0: So the germans uh, they have these two German DJs out in Germany, like uh, radio DJs, yeah. and uh, they decided that they were going to do much like what I did last week when I delved in the female orgasm is uh, they're going to look into trying to understand what it's like to be a woman and to feel what a woman feels. So what they wanted to do was uh, they wanted to understand what it was like to have female breasts. So they went to their uh, local plastic surgeon who was able to do something where he was going to inject saline into their pectoral muscles. And they injected so much saline into their pectorials to give them C-cut breasts but only for like uh, 24 hours. By they said by 24 hours it would kind of get reabsorbed in your body. By 48 hours you'd be gone completely. You'd be back to your normal self. So for really kind of two days there would be inconvenience. But one day they'd have real nice tits, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so sorry Chad. But um, so anyways, these guys did it, and uh, they right away they got their uh, breasts uh, injected with the saline and then they they said initially it got really hard it was like a rock but within an hour they turned into like more like uh supple yeah that's a good word jane supple breasts <laughs> so they got like squishy and stuff and then uh right away they did was they went to the gym and they uh went for a jog and they uh oh, no. skipped rope and they did all the things that they uh that they that women would complain about, and uh, these men very quickly realized that it was horrible that they were in they were being tortured by these breasts <laughs> they had like twenty four hours of having breasts, and they were they were they honestly couldn't handle any more than that, right which I think is uh did they wear a bra though yeah, they're they sure wore a sports sure. bra. Yeah, they got both have bras on the picture here. You can see it on t- on TV there. There's uh, those two German gentlemen with with cans. Actually, the guy with the black bra and cans look pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. His beard takes away from it though. <laughs> it's it's five o'clock
2: shadow. Yeah, it's not not going good with this Yeah, that's good.
0: Leave it to the Germans though. Leave it to the Germans to come up with something ridiculous and then still puss out about it at the end. <laughs> right, Ryder. <laughs> you Filthy German. Do <laughs> you have a Belgian joke to end the show with, Kyle? No, Didn't your dad send you along with one?
1: He was trying to feed us with some Belgian jokes. I don't have any, though. You don't have any no, to end with? No, no. What did your
0: dad say when uh, you were asking if you should sponsor the show? And then you asked your dad, because the show can tend to be off-color sometimes, right? And you were wondering if it was bad. Didn't What was his response? To that? I can't remember? remember,
1: Pete. You're putting what? me on the spot. I can't.
0: He said something like, this is my re- recollection of what you told me. He said, uh... Um... If people don't like that sort of stuff, they won't listen to it, and it won't right. be a problem for them. That's right. Right? Yeah. And that's that's, that's a, the truth. That is the truth, right? That's right. And that's the thing about uh, with you guys. One thing about what I want to ask you before I end, because we're almost done, and we're, we are done, but I, I just want to ask you. You guys are a family-run business, right? So you you job security is pretty good for you guys, right? Yeah. There's a good chance you're not getting tossed <laughs> anytime soon. I've
1: tried to fire both of them. <laughs> <but>.
0: <laughs> so you have, like... Um, do you have a persona that you have at work and then one at home, or are you the same person at home and at work?
3: I'm not answering that.
0: <laughs> what do you think? No, Art? I think
2: no, I think I'm I'm the same guy. I don't know about you guys, yeah. but uh, you're an asshole
0: in both places. <laughs>
2: you're wrong. Something like that it comes natural to me. <laughs>
0: you might as well go with it. Yeah. It's what you're good at, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah definitely. If yeah, yeah. I Personally, it's uh, with a leadership role, you got to be a leader, right? And then away from work, you like to let loose once in a while. So.
0: But do you think if you were yourself, like if you were just like the things that you were like, like as a normal person, if you were that way at work, do you think it would impact you negatively? Do you think you would like get less business for it or more? Like if you were just like yourself, do you think it would actually make you.
1: No, I don't think so. But just different. Uh, with your uh, fellow employees and and how you treat them, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit different. You don't want to be...
0: No, no, I know. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't be, like, uh, crude or, or, right. or inappropriate, That's right? That's right. But as far as your general person, you can still kind of... Yeah. yeah. I find that some people are just, like, drastically different. I see it on this show all the time. You have people in, and they're like, no, I, I'm... I, if you want the work me, you get the work me. If you want the... Yeah the the personal me you'll get the personal me but it's different you know or people will say like uh, i'm not saying that because i got a job and i don't want to ruin my job but mm. all i'm asking them to do is say they like women or they like uh drinking or you know something that most people do like and they're still like a little shy about it but you guys didn't seem to be too uptight right no. eh? <laughs> you have to do it the other way
2: no no, no, i think uh, I think that for us we we live our work, so I mean it's hard for us to uh, separate the two yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, well, that's the best way to be. I noticed yeah. even when I was uh doing my banking job I, I sucked at what I did i like really sucked at what I did when I was trying to do a good job of it, and as soon as I started not caring anymore and just being myself, uh people started to respond to me because they knew i wasn't lying to them you know yeah, like yeah. you know you're just being yourself and i find that most people just have like these two people two kind of yeah. personas and it sure it actually is counterproductive
2: and we yeah we see that at work too where it's like uh it's hard it's hard to, it's really hard to communicate uh when you're not being yourself yeah yeah you know it's extra challenging to you know put on a persona a work persona and then communicate what at you're, the same time
0: right? yeah, yeah, yeah you know
2: what i mean you know so so how do you feel about this? Well, how would the you know the work version of me feel about this? You know that's that's yeah. not really, it doesn't work for people. I, I you know I you see you see it every day. It just doesn't.
0: Yeah, and I don't think most people results. see through it, and and yeah. I think with if your intentions are noble, then you'd have nothing to hide from. That's you right. know, like, even if you are a little bit of a. I don't know, a pervert or or like a or vulgar or whatever it is that people would have a problem with. I mean, I don't think if you boil it down to it and you're still trying to give them good product and you're still trying to give them good service and yeah. you're still trying to like be a overall decent person, who gives a shit that you say the bad yeah. word now yeah. and again or you, yeah. that you are a little out uh, in the,
2: In the sense, in the, in the circumstance where you see that someone is obviously offended by, you know, a vulgar world here and there, well, then you can alter your behavior for sure
0: yeah you hold back then yeah. yeah yeah i used to talk about when i go to a customer and, and uh they were like really into church i would mention the one time i went to church you know what i mean like i would be like oh yeah i go to church too like like i did that at christmas or whatever you know but you, you, you would uh <laughs> one time <laughs> but you kind of like you know you you say oh yeah i like i'm good too at times you just yeah. don't mention the times when you're bad which is the most of the time <laughs> Anyways, guys, I really do appreciate you coming in to this week. It was great. I hope we had a good time. Did you have a good time? It was a great. Sure. Time. All right, and thanks a lot for bringing the steaks. It was delicious. I don't. though it was really uh, actually um, a learning experience for me to see how how different uh, a cut, like even a cheap cut of meat that I would normally write off, can really change your mind if you really look at it so it was a great experience for me thanks you very much and uh everyone thanks for listening tell all your friends go on itunes and uh, give me a a review if you could it helps me out on the itunes rankings and if you want to like me on uh, facebook follow me on twitter or reach out and give me some feedback at uh, live from the dutch hall gmail.com otherwise we will see you next week thanks for coming this is Pete Van Dyke and this has been Live from the Dutch Hall. We'll see you next week, everybody. <laughs> That's it. That's it? We did it. Yeah. That's it. You weren't even bartending that much, Ryder. You actually stayed quiet, like you said. That's what we're
3: Lunchbox.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. killing. killing. Oh, yeah. My parents always
4: Hungarian hall.